Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz back here on Fantasy Sports Today, FNTSY Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. If you so choose, we'll open up the phone lines in the second segment of this hour, 844-843-6879. If you have any questions about prop bets, about overall wagering, or, of course, if you want to talk some fantasy for the playoffs, some DFS, happy to hear from each and every one of you. Also, find us over on Twitter at FNTSY Radio at Dan Strafford and at George Kurtz. Join the conversation as we talk through each and every one of these four games for Sunday and Saturday. We are through the Saturday games. We're on to Sunday where we have a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast to play a one o'clock game. I haven't seen when the Chargers traveled. I assume they are more than in Baltimore. I assume they were there Thursday or Friday. Uh, Not your typical uh, NFL schedule, obviously, with the playoffs here, but always intriguing to see uh, how those West Coast teams do in the early game on Sunday. Somewhat intrigued, I guess, hey, give us normal football times, that the NFL didn't do uh, a four and an eight here. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, just a scheduling thing. They have to do uh, day games on Sunday for one reason or another, Uh, but I figured there'd be more people watching later on Sunday, maybe a four and a seven, I should say. But either way, uh, we have a one, we have a four, which I'm more than happy to oblige them on. Uh, Chargers and Baltimore here, uh, George, and these are two good defenses. These are two good defenses. They are um, one in uh, the Chargers that got Bosa back and and started really moving up the ranks when it came to run defense. Uh, This is a Baltimore offense, obviously predicated on the run. You have uh, what they're doing under center. You have uh, Dixon and you have Gus Johnson, not Gus Gus Johnson, Gus Edwards uh, here. Uh, You have options on both sides of the ball to run. You don't have much passing options on the Baltimore side. Obviously, with Phillip Rivers and some of those deep threats, you have some upside. But this Baltimore Ravens defense, obviously one of the best in the league. Overall, what are your thoughts on this one? They'll break down the individual contributors. Well, as far as times and locations are concerned, I my question why... Uh, as far as wildcard weekend, they always play well, 1-4. and four. Oh, 1-4-30 in this case. So that's not a surprise. But why not make the Baltimore game the 4 o'clock game? The Chicago game the 1 o'clock game? I mean, sure. uh, why not give the Chargers a break? You know, West Coast team coming out east and give them what would be a, a 1 o'clock local time for them start instead of a 10 a.m. local time. I mean, I mean, the Chicago, <laughs> Baltimore is both on the, uh, well, Chicago's, I guess, mid, uh, middle of the country, Baltimore's east coast, but still, it's both going to be cold. So no advantage there by starting at which one has the night game there. Just my opinion there. I just wonder that. But once again, the NFL doesn't care about fairness, boys and girls. All they care about is what they think is best for their ratings. So uh, let's face it. That's why. That's why Dallas gets the night game tonight. Saturday night game, prime time. You, I mean, I, I love when people are trying to figure out who's going to be the who's going to get the night game next week. As soon as Dallas made the playoffs, it was an automatic. Dallas was going to get that game, 
All right. There was no, I mean, God, I don't, I forget which network is covering it tonight, but you know, they were fighting for it. So, uh, easy choice there, but the NFL doesn't care. I think the most intriguing thing about this game, chargers and Ravens. Now, uh, the Chargers become the first team that will have played Lamar Jackson twice. What did they learn from the first time? Interesting. Right? That, that's what it comes down to. Me. What did they learn from the first time as far as stopping this man? Uh, Lamar Jackson still has issues throwing the ball. You know, he's, he's far from an accomplished passer. And boy, when he becomes an accomplished passer, good luck. But uh, he's far from that right now. All right? So, but his, his athleticism, his speed is out of this world. So that's the issue here. Now, granted, with uh, he's not built like Cam Newton or Ben Rosberg when he used to move a little bit more. Uh, he's built more like a Michael Vick. And we saw what happened with Vick when he got, got hit. And eventually, he got hurt. And you wonder that could happen almost at any time with any hit on Lamar Jackson. So I do wonder about that. But once again, one and done, he's going to run. You know, if there's any doubt, he's going to run. Well, do we, will the Chargers have a different kind of game plan to keep him in check? Because really, the game plan should be, if possible, you want to keep him in the pocket. Force him to throw the ball, not run it. You know, you'll have much more success that way. Uh, so that's really the on um, defense. On offense, man, they didn't look good the first game at all. And that was at home. There, Phillip Rivers is constantly harassed, constantly harassed by that Chargers, de- uh, by the Ravens defense. They got to him. Maybe things will be better here. I mean, uh, Gordon, Allen could be healthier. I still think they're, uh, I think they're beat up. Uh, really, I think the hip injury and the knee is still bothering uh, both players respectively there. So uh, I'm worried for the Chargers here. I, tr- I truly am. I mean, this is a bad draw. Yeah, you went 12-4. and four. Congratulations. Go to Baltimore. Uh, bad draw. Bad draw for the Chargers here. I don't like it. I didn't like the way they played the first game. Although, I'll say this. I think they almost played as bad as they could play that first game against Baltimore, yet still, still had a chance on the last drive to win the game. And Gates fumbled and the game's over. So I guess you could, you, if you're an optimist, you can point at that, you know, that they can't possibly play any worse. And I, I might agree with that. I don't think they can play worse, but I'm not so sure they're going to play much better than they did in the first game. Baltimore at home, I think they're going to be feeling it. I like the Ravens. You know, I, I think there's something wrong with the NFL uh, playoff process uh, that the Los Angeles Chargers have to go to Baltimore here. Uh, it's... It should not happen this way. And again, you made the point. The NFL doesn't care about fair, and I don't disagree with you. But this is the worst potential draw that the Chargers could have gotten. Uh, worse than going, uh, in my opinion, to New England, if New England was here. I just This is just bad. <laughs> this is one where uh, I feel really, really bad for Chargers fans, all 10 of them that fill that stadium out there in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's... Wow. I, I think it's... Hey, I, I'm sorry, 20. I apologize. I, I, yes. I underestimated. Um <laughs> oh boy! Uh, but you have a 19.25 implied total for an offense that was dynamic all year. That has Melvin Gordon. That has Philip Rivers. That that's crazy. 41 and a half over under. 22.25 implied total for Baltimore. Uh, George, overall, are you buying this Baltimore offense as doing enough this postseason to get by? To 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 be that team that wins? And heaven help me if defense wins championships this year. Like heaven help me with that cliche and with you know all the people out there. Well, you know, defense wins, offense. The air raid's not going to do it. If Baltimore wins this year, I'm 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 done. I'm 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 going to go hide in a corner somewhere. But do you think they're good enough? Do you think this is a team that can make a run here based on Lamar Jackson doing just enough? Uh, the running backs, you know, pounding, you know, ground and pound, and this defense being as good as it is. I think, you know, if you're looking at two teams, if uh, I forget who I discussed this with, maybe it was Scott Angle, but if I'm picking two teams 
from each one from each conference that could go to a Super Bowl from this this weekend from the wild card round. Right. It's the Ravens and the Cowboys. You know, I think for the Cowboys is because I think they could beat Seattle. I think they're going to win here, and they've beaten the Saints already. If they have to play with Saints next week, so you know, a good uh, they had sort of a roadmap there for the Ravens. It's just that. No one can stop this offense right now. And it may take an offseason for anyone to figure it out. And I like what, the, their, what their draw could possibly be. Since I have Indianapolis beating Houston, they'll play New England next week, if I'm right. You know, they, they win today. They'll go, they'll go to New England. And I'm certainly not impressed with New England. And I, right. that defense is old and slow as it is. Lamar Jackson could have a field day. That being said, it's Bill Belichick. And I'll bring up this point next Saturday if that's the matchup. Like I said, you know, where the Chargers are the first team to play him twice. Well, Bill Belichick will be the first team that will have two weeks to prepare for him. Does that make a difference? You know, looking for that uh, that way to stop him. The first one will be well, a team that played him twice. Now they'll have an idea. The second one, if, that, if the, the playing him twice doesn't help, will be a team that had an extra week to prepare. Does that help? You know, so uh, I'm going to ride the Ravens here. I love the defense. The defense is either best in the league or second best at the Chicago. That's my one yep. and two as far as defenses. So I think I love the defense. Going to keep them in games. My only worry with Lamar Jackson, outside he's not he's far from a passer right now, is he puts the rock on the ground too much. You know, got to have more ball control there. We saw last week in uh, that game in Cleveland that that last second pitch, that last I shouldn't say last second, the last up pitch to uh, I think it was Gus Edwards or a fan, but doesn't really matter. But he, he threw it so low that it was on the ground. It was fumbled. And he, they were lucky to get that ball back. That ball took a nice hop back up to Edwards. Ross Cleveland would have had the ball at about the 35 of, uh, of Baltimore for that game-winning kick. And they may not even be here right now. So that ball's on the ground too much, Lamar Jackson. He's got to learn to uh, – once again, a young player, he'll, he will learn this. He to learn that that ball is precious. You know, you have to protect it here. So that would concern me somewhat. But the bottom line is, I mean, until someone shows you they could stop him, I'm going to yep. keep picking him. <clears throat> It's it's a situation that I did not expect him to have as much success as he's had. I'll be honest. Uh, I watch him in college, and he's a dynamic athlete and a great court. I do believe he's a great quarterback. I, I do mean that in the sense that with the ball in his hands, he makes good decisions. I agree with you on the ball control when running. But in college, he was great to watch, and he has an arm. He has a, a good deep ball. Does he need to be more accurate? Yeah. And I think that'll come with time. Uh, but we heard the same about other quarterbacks in the past. And I think he'll grow into being a very good, if not, you know, second tier quarterback in the NFL. I don't know that he's ever going to be uh, a thrower that we see in the likes of uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know. Uh, he needs to be. He doesn't. He's uh, in the mold of run pass option and, and Baltimore's built to play with him, uh, which is fun to watch. I just am intrigued by how. To your point, do the Chargers in their second time through and the Patriots with two weeks, if they do end up facing Baltimore, how they game plan for him. Do they go to a spy? You know, do they go to somebody who's keyed in on him, sort of the box and one in basketball where they're playing uh, 10 men plus one spying on Jackson the entire time? Do they do that with a linebacker? Do they bring an extra uh, defensive back in? Do they have somebody with more speed uh, out there trying to spy on him and, and stick with him the entire way? Do they give up? A defensive position like that. Uh, so I, I really intrigued from a football perspective here on how this all shakes out and how uh, Lynn goes to battle. And if it comes to pass, Balachek uh, tries to figure out how to slow down uh, this offense. We do have tons of prop bets here, obviously, from the rushing side. I do find some of the uh, receptions and uh, receiving yards uh, intriguing as well. I assume being you like the Ravens, you will take, uh, what is it, minus three here, minus three over the Chargers at home. I think it's going to be somewhat close because I don't. I don't know if Baltimore has the uh, 
the ability to blow anybody out. You know, they're not going to score 34 points unless they get defensive returns, which granted in playoffs can happen. You know, you saw that in for the, pretty much the win and get in game uh, Sunday night between Tennessee and uh, the Colts. Once the game, you know, once they had to throw them all over and over because they're trailing, then turnovers happen, defensive scores happen, the score ends up being a blowout when it really wasn't. So that doesn't never surprised me in the playoffs. Uh, that being said, that was my long-winded way of saying I still like Baltimore, minus three. <laughs> Listen, here are all the reasons that it may not be, but I still like Baltimore. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I I like the road teams this week. I do like Seattle, and I do like the Colts uh, to a, to <laughs> uh, in a large extent. But on these Sunday games, I have a tough time seeing the visiting offenses doing enough to beat the defenses that are on tap. Um, so uh, I, I think I'm on the Ravens here, minus three. Um, I don't love it. You know, I do think the Chargers have enough on the defensive side to limit what Baltimore can do, too. So uh, I think if they can stop Lamar Jackson somehow or another, obviously that changes the tune of this game greatly. Let's talk about some of these prop bets. We'll go through uh, some of my favorites and toss them at George and see what he thinks. Uh, let's go with passing yards. We'll go with Phillip Rivers first. 256 and a half. Over, under. Under. I'm with you. I think this is sort of like 220, 230 game for Philip Rivers. Now, uh, that could win it again. Like I, I do think that and 80 yards from Melvin Gordon and a stout defense could make a difference here. Uh, but I, I think this is an over uh, an under game for Rivers on 256. 161.5 for Lamar Jackson. Uh, 161. Man, such a low number. And it's, a, it's pretty much right on par. Uh, I'm going to go under. All right. All right, I can dig that. I, I see it. I see it. Uh, let's see. Past completions. Uh, they ju- don't have a line uh, for Lamar Jackson here. I just see for Philip Rivers, 22.5. Well, if I'm going under, I got to go under that too. Yeah. Uh, gotta, I would gotta, agree. Got to keep going. Uh, all right. Past receptions. The only one here is for Keenan Allen at six and a half. He didn't do too well the first game against them. I'm going to go under there as well. So they don't have receptions for the Ravens wide receivers, probably because it's too small. Can't a imagine why. Um, exactly. But they do have yardage. Two? <laughs> they do have yardage, and these are good. So I want to I get your uh, take here. Uh, Hayden Hurst, 20 and a half. I'm going to go over. Willie Sneed, 28 and a half. Under. Michael Crabtree, 32 and a half. Under. John Brown, 26 and a half. I'm going to go over. All right. All right. I dig it. Uh, we do have uh, Kenny Allen, 83 and a half. Oh, if I don't I like that, I got to go. Yeah. yeah I got to go under. Uh, 40.5. Uh, oh, sorry. 37.5 for Tyrell Williams. He's the big play guy. Does he catch a big play? They'll put some balls up for him. Can he come down with it? I mean, that's really what it comes yep. down to there. He's, his volume is not going to be, be high. It never is each week. And he's been so disappointing all year. No. Okay. All right. Let's uh, go through a couple more here. We'll get to the rushing ones. Let's see. Total rushing yards for Lamar Jackson. This seems low. 67 and a half. It does seem low. I agree. I <laughs> love Sean. Uh, over. Yeah, I'm with you on over. Uh, Gus Edwards rushing 58 and a half. Man, how many rushing yards are we going to give Baltimore in this game? Right, uh, exactly. That's, that seems low too, though. I'm going to go over there as well. 
the Chargers do have a top 10 rushing defense, according to DVOA. So uh, keep that in mind as we roll through. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, 40 and a half. I'll go under there. Fine. And the last, Melvin Gordon, 60 and a half rushing yards. I think they have to get the ball to Gordon as much as possible, whether it's in the uh, run game or the passing game. They need to get him going and keep that uh, that Raven Diva somewhat in check here. 16 and a half, though, really does sound about right. I think he's banged up. I'm going to go over, but I think it'll be slightly over. I'm with you. I think it's going to be a 75-yard uh, day for him, though you do have Eckler playing, so that's something to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, good breakdown here. We have one more game to go in the final segment. We'll talk daily fantasy. We'll talk uh, about the wagers. We'll recap some of them uh, for those who are just joining. Uh, we'll also uh, get ready to give way to college football today at the top of the hour. As we roll on here on FS, uh, well, FST, on Fantasy Sports Today, just shortened it because I wanted to, on Fantasy Sports Today here on FNTSY Radio, Dan Straver, George Kurtz. Uh, as always, you can find us over on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. It's at Dan Straver, at George Kurtz. Next segment, we will open up the phone lines for anyone who wants to call in, talk prop bets, talk DFS, uh, talk fantasy here in the playoffs, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Seven nine. Back after this, Fantasy Sports Day, Dan Trafford, George Kirch, FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Trapper, George Kurtz. Don't forget the DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with an all-new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all-new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish, probabilities, and simulator, outright and top 20 marketing, betting tools, Market betting tools, I should say. Head-to-head and three-ball betting tools. PGA Pro Tips, subscriber chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Choose Golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Click on Golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. George, you play any uh, DFS Golf uh, on either of the sites? I play Golf. I do not play DFS Golf, no. Uh, I like uh, golfing. DFS golf I love, is fun. love the Golf. I don't know much about, enough about it. I'm a baseball, football, hockey guy as far as uh, fantasy is concerned or betting. Any kind of uh, gambling is baseball, football, and hockey. Anything else I'll play, but I generally I don't gamble on it, no. Do you play DFS hockey? Like, do you dabble there or yes. do you stay away? Yeah. Okay. I play a lot of DFS hockey. I think, uh, <laughs> I think for a while it's been the easiest one for me to win because the Sharks weren't there. Yep. 
You know, uh, oh, they just weren't. You know, people. Let's face it. Hockey is uh, the redheaded stepchild of sports. You know, <laughs> people don't know enough about it. I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I love hockey. It's, a, it's been a sport for me since as long as I can remember. Being a, uh, uh, sh- I'm only five seven. You know, so I was always able to play. It was always a good sport for my size. And uh, living on Long Island, the Islanders were great when I was growing up, winning Stanley Cup. So it came naturally to me to play hockey and, uh, I guess, root for hockey and uh, live hockey in some ways. <laughs> Uh, cool. We'll talk uh, some fantasy hockey as the show rolls on. Uh, I am uh, less uh, involved there, but I do like playing DFS. You're getting a call uh, from Mike Cardano right now. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, wait, there it is. No, just kidding. Um, let's uh, roll on. We're going to talk about this last game, and then the final segment we'll uh, talk about a couple of different topics around uh, fantasy and, and recap the show and talk DFS uh, and make sure to uh, touch on some other news and notes from around uh, baseball, some NBA, and some NHL. NHL just to get people going on their Saturday here in January. Uh, I guess I was supposed to wish everybody a happy new year, right? Because we're this is the first time we've been on since then, but hey, you, you've heard it enough. Uh, yeah, screw them. Going exactly. Well, it's always that fun debate of how long into the new year do you wish someone a happy new year? Like how, how do you, is it the first time you see somebody in the new year? So is it like March and you see somebody for the first time? Oh, hey, happy new year. Hey, <laughs> hey it's August. It's summer. <laughs> yeah, barbecue. Hey, happy new year, buddy. I haven't seen you since the barbecue last year. Happy new year. I hope it's going well for you. We'll see you again next year and I'll wish you a happy new year again. Uh, let's uh, talk you get a week. Final- okay? that's, that's all you get a is a week. All right. Wow. You are stingy on the happy new year. It's fine. Uh, Philadelphia at Chicago. Uh, a game uh, that uh, should be low scoring, I would think, uh, but one that does have offensive weapons and could be a bit of fun. Uh, this is uh, another one of the 41 and a half uh, over unders. Uh, two of the games out of four have 41 and a half. Then you have a 43 for the Seattle Dallas game and uh, Colts Texans is at 48.5. So uh, from a DFS perspective, you probably know where most people will lean because of the offense upside uh, in that Colts Texans game. So maybe we differentiate a little bit going elsewhere, but uh, Nick Foles, Nick Foles leads uh, the Eagles back into the playoffs. Uh, If he could make some sort of run here, he would be an all-time Philadelphia great uh, up there with Rocky Balboa uh, getting a statue, I'm sure, somewhere in that city. Uh, They are minus seven, though. uh, Plus seven, I should say. The Eagles minus seven for Chicago uh, here against the Bears. 24 implied total for Chicago. 17.5 for Philadelphia. As I said, 41 and a half uh, is the over-under. And I guess the live line right now is minus six and a half not minus seven so minus six and a half uh, in favor of Chicago overall thoughts here George how do you see uh, this game shaking out and then we can break down the individual players well first off I'm loving what I'm seeing here because uh, I expected this to happen when uh, discussing this game earlier in the week uh, Wednesday and Thursday with Mike uh, I said it then I assume the Chicago money is going to come in and the spread's going to get higher because it was five and a half and I'm betting on Philadelphia, so I'm waiting as late as possible to make this uh, bet because I think I think it's going to get the seven, if not seven and a half, because the Chicago money is going to come in. The spread's going to keep getting higher and higher. Uh, I'm not saying that the Eagles are going to win the game, but I think you mentioned. I think this is a low-scoring, close game. And I think they cover, and it wouldn't shock me if they win the game outright. Wouldn't shock me at all if they win this game outright. I don't trust the Bears' offense. I trust their defense. I do. I don't think Philadelphia can score more than 17 points or so. You know, 20 on the outside. But uh, I don't think the Bears are scoring much more than that either. So I love the Eagles uh, as far as getting a touchdown in this game. I mean, I love it. So uh, it's my probably my most confident as far as gambling bet of the weekend here. Uh, 
I said, it wouldn't shock me to know if the Eagles win this game outright, but I'm taking my seven points here. So I love the fact that the spread keeps getting higher and higher. Like I said, the two games I expected this to happen were with Dallas money and the Chicago money. I expected them to come in here. So uh, that's why waiting was uh, prevalent here. As far as the game itself, maybe for Philadelphia, if Nick Foles, I mean, my God, if he can pull this out, you know, and then they go to the Saints next week. Uh, you know, I keep bringing this up because it's fun. But, you know, he wins this week, and even if he loses next week, God forbid he wins next week, what the hell are they going to do as far as Foles and Wentz are concerned? Because they will then get some trade offers for Wentz, I'll guarantee it. They will get offers for Wentz in the offseason because they can't keep both. You know, Foles is going to be do a, a rich contract, and they're not going to be able to keep yep. both. And he'll go, he'll go someplace else. But they're going to get some offers. I think I, I, I don't know if I made you play GM. I, I might have... Uh, where I said, well, what if the Jaguars came calling and offered uh, two number twos and either Ramsey or Fournette for Wentz? Would you make the deal? You know, I think they'll get some crazy offers like that, and they'll have a decision to make here. And then they, they pay Foles the big money, and they let Wentz go. I don't think they would do it, mind you, but I think they'll have some decisions to make where it'll be like, oh, you know, do we, do we get the best of both worlds here? But unless someone offered two number ones, I don't expect them to do it. Uh, but that's, that's why I think it's just crazy what Foles is doing here. Uh, he's on a, he's, is it another magical run? I don't, I don't think they can go far yet. I certainly don't think they're going back to the Super Bowl. But I think they got a chance to win tomorrow. I, I do. Mainly because I don't trust the Bears' offense to score, you know, 24, 27 points. Trubisky has been on a downswing again. You mentioned earlier in the show, Allen Robinson's going to play. But I guarantee you he's still banged up. Trey Burton has not been the player we thought he'd be. So I don't know if they have the offensive weapons, Dan to take advantage of what ails Philly, and that's their defense, especially the secondary. I don't know if they have the offensive weapons to take care, uh, to take advantage of it, which is why I think this is a low-scoring, close game, and I want my seven points. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, and I think this is a game that unfolds very slowly. Um, I think this is going to be one that uh, necessarily isn't uh, the most exciting to watch on television. I think there's going to be a lot of punting in this one, a lot of field position battle, uh, and whether or not uh, we uh, see some big scoring here, I don't know. I think it's going to be Trubisky on the ground having to do some uh, some work. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen being big parts of this offense and having to get the ball moving for the Chicago Bears. And on the Eagles side, it's Foles and Aguilar for me, and obviously Ertz. I shouldn't say Foles and Aguilar. It, it, Ertz is a big part of this team, um, but I think Aguilar has sort of seen a, a renaissance here with Bowls under center uh, and uh, will be somebody against this uh, Bears defense. The underneath stuff is there. They play that sort of uh, bend but don't break two safety high defense a lot of the time uh, that doesn't give up the big play. Uh, so the burners and the guys who go a little deeper downfield, I'm not expecting to have a big day, but uh, I would expect Aguilar in, in a in a world that makes sense. Colton Tate would have a big day here, but uh, he has just not found his way uh, in this offense at all uh, to any sort of relevance. Did have six targets last week in week 17, uh, but just 33 yards on four receptions. Uh, so he's been uh, pretty much a non-factor uh, for uh, the Eagles on the year, whereas Aguilar, uh, his price tag is down, but last week had six targets as well. The week before seven targets. Uh, I, I like what he can do. Two touchdowns last week. And he's at a price point over on uh, DK of 3800 3800 for Aguilar. So uh, we do have a caller on the line. Kenny, thanks for holding. Uh, your uh, Saints are in the playoffs, but your home team of the Eagles play this weekend. What are your thoughts coming into uh, Wild Card Weekend in the NFL? First and foremost, guys, Happy New Year. How are you guys doing? Good. Good, good. Uh, I can't get one. You guys familiar with the uh, show The Mad Singer? I'm sorry, I got I to gotta divert here. You guys are familiar with The Mad Singer show? The new show just came on this week. 
Wait, we were talking about it earlier, the mass Singer. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about it earlier in the show. Uh, oh, and Antonio Brown. Uh, I actually called that actually at the last minute. I said, that's, that's probably Antonio Brown. Just by his stature and all that. And uh, I think it might have been George um, as well, but uh, obviously I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, you're, I, I don't know if you can call back. You're on a bit of a, a, a tough connection for me. It's a little hard to under, understand you. If you could give a call back in, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I want to make sure we, we can hear you while. while How about now? Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah, I was on the uh, on the uh, Bluetooth connection. I'm sorry. All clear now, right? Yes, all clear. Fantastic. For the for the reason you guys just said about the whole Bears Eagles game, uh, that's going to be low scoring. I think the Bears going to try to open up Mitchell Trubisky early and try to get the ball downfield against this Eagles secondary first and foremost. I think that the, the guy to look at probably maybe is Taylor Gabriel as far as the DFS. And as far as that, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to. I'm probably going to be fading that game. I know it's the last game and all, but as far as the value and stuff, I'm probably going to be fading that game besides people like, like you said, uh, Aguilar, maybe, um, and uh, what's the, uh, Cohen, and the defenses. Sure. But, yeah, so other than that, um, you got to, that first game is going to make a break to sleep because them other, none of them other three games seem to be pretty boring. So that Indy Texans game is going to pretty much make the sleep. As far as Zeke go, it's a lot of money. I'm gonna have them in probably half the lineups, but uh, other than that, you can you'll be better off maybe going with Carson and and uh, going with like a Gus Edwards to try to save some salary so you can get Hopkins and uh, and, and Ty and maybe Ebron in the game as well. So quarterbacks, there's only three quarterbacks I'm looking at here. Is I got Mr. Trubisky going to be in one of the lineups. That's going to be the deep lineup, the uh, with the big GPP. But other than that, it's it's even watching the luck. I'm not messing around with Wilson or Dak or. I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not wasting money there. If I lose that way, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all fine with. As far as the tight ends, it's, it's Ebron. I'm not really messing with Ertz here. It's Ebron, and I'm I'm liking the. Uh, I put the tight end for the uh, Texans. I always forget his doggone name. Uh, I I mean they have a few, but Ryan Griffin is usually Ryan Griffin. Yes. Yeah, he yeah, he's twenty six hundred. I know people going to going to reach and go for that uh, bleak jar when uh, the Cowboys. But he might be he might be uh, be a good bargain as well. So, but uh, many people got to have Hopkins and uh, I'm in T Y. I'm in that lineup. I'm just going to stack that first game really and uh, pick my spots everywhere else. What do you guys think? I think that's what you're going to see a lot of people do. And it's a four-game slate, so you're going to have a lot of overlap. You're going to have a lot of uh, ownership there. I I think the differentiation, to your point, uh, is coming in the value from the other games. And can you get that right? Can you hit on uh, guys in in those later games that are in the lower totals uh, who have some upside? To your point, Taylor Gabriel, I mentioned Aguilar, you mentioned him as well. Um, I think those are sort of the places you need to go uh, to differentiate your lineup a little bit. You're going to have ties. You're going to see, you know, you might have some some wild uh, lineups at the top of some of the larger field GBPs, but in some of the smaller fields, you're going to be cutting the top prizes amongst a few different teams just because there are certain ways forward. DK pricing is pretty soft so you can get in a lot of the guys you want to get in no matter what. You're not really breaking necessarily even with Zeke. Um, so I think I think you're right. I think from an what analysis about, standpoint that, go ahead, go ahead. What about, what about uh, these three guys? I got uh, either Eamon or Chester Rogers uh, at a balance out luck. Or what, do you, what do you guys think about Mike Williams definitely getting in the end zone versus Baltimore? What do you guys think about those three? George, any thoughts? Oh, I, listen, I think Kenny said the most important thing earlier on. 
the Houston Indianapolis game is the only game we're really expecting to be a lot of points scored, right? Well, we, we, we might take the over under there. Other than that, every other game should be somewhat of a defensive game. Mike Williams to me is going to be too much of a game. I mean. I think Kenny Hill is going to another point. I mean, everyone's going to have the chalk players because there's only four games. So you're going to have the great players. What's going to determine the slate is is players like Mike Williams or one of these low-owned tight ends, Jarwin, Hayden Hurst, uh, Ryan Griffin. If one of those guys gets in the end zone, that could determine your slate there. So, yes, Williams yep. could be that type of player where he gets in and no one has him because it's uh, the Chargers playing the Ravens. We don't expect many points scoring there. But I'd probably lean more towards the Indianapolis guys if I thought they weren't going to be owned. Inman, Rogers, I like them both. Uh, Inman's going to play, or at least it looks like he's going to play. Uh, so I'll, I'd, I'd prefer Inman over Rogers. He's just playing better of late. All right, on the end, at the team I'm picking the win. I'm actually picking the Texans to win. Everybody's everybody's on the coach. I think there's going to be a close game, but I think if if Houston gets out out early to early lead, and uh, maybe someone called the uh, uh, the uh, Texans uh, O line uh, personnel and told uh, told I watching them to start running because he's been running a whole lot more now, and that's been you know getting his value and points, uh, fantasy points up. So uh, I like the Texans, the Seattle Cowboys game, pick one. It doesn't matter. I don't I don't want to see Seattle in the, in the second round. <laughs> I don't want to see Seattle in the, in the second round. I'd rather, I'd rather play y'all if I had a choice there, uh, that Georgie. We got y'all some feedback. I think the Chargers are going to win. I think the, I think the Bears are going to win as well. So I'll be talking to you guys next week. You guys have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. You too, Kenny. Appreciate the time as always. Uh, as we uh, talk through here, we'll leave the the props to uh, next segment uh, from this final Philadelphia at Chicago game. I, I don't see a way forward for Mike Williams. Really, uh, obviously, that's a flyer, and and you one big play is what you're looking for, right, George? You're looking for the, the home run, and if you hit it, great. You have 60 yards and a score, and maybe two receptions. Uh, definite uh, upside there. I just I don't see the Ravens being giving up big plays here. Neither do I, but the problem, I mean, a lot of these games, you're looking for that guy who's going to separate you. Because they can't yep. put up the point. We're all going to have the chalk plays, and that's easy. And we all know the Indianapolis wall, Houston game is the game we expect a lot of points to be scored. So we're going to be looking for that player or two from these other games that no one else has that's, that can separate you. That's how you're going to win this. You're probably going to need two players, and they both hit for you, you know, to be to beat the slate. You only got four games, so uh, I, listen, I'm not going to be big on Mike Williams either, you know, or Tyrell Williams, really anybody on the Chargers, to tell you the truth. But I don't mind the play because if it hits, guess what? What are you going to have? A 10 percent uh, ownership there, so that that's what you're looking for. So I don't mind the play at all. Yeah, I, I think uh, from a DFS perspective, we'll talk a bit more about this in the next segment. Your lineup construction is going to have to, in the large field GPPs, like again, uh, talking about the the $3 on DraftKings, the, the $9 on FanDuel, these uh, tournaments that have upwards of 200,000, 300,000 entries to win, and that's how you're playing those. You're not playing GPPs to cash. To, to get your money back. You do that over time, you're going to lose money to the, the to the fees, to the rake, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you're, you're playing those to win. Uh, the way the payout structures are, they're top heavy. Uh, you're, you're chasing after the win. You're not chasing after the cashing. If you want to cash, play your 50-50s, play your double ups, play your single entries, you know, do the due diligence to get into the tournaments uh, where your, your cash upside is, is stronger. Um, I, I think you we'll talk a bit more about game. lineup control. Exactly, exactly right. They are who we thought they were. Um, anyway, uh, we can go through all the awesome coach speak. Uh, Playoffs? Uh, in, uh, uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty spot on uh, 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 impersonation there of, uh, was it Jim Mora? That's who that was, right? It was Jim um, Mora, maybe the best news conference ever. 
Playoffs? Talking about playoffs? Uh, right up there with uh, Allen Iverson's pra- practice. Allen Iverson's practice. Uh, uh, press conference. Practice? Talking about practice? Uh, plenty to get to here, honestly, still, as we talk uh, props uh, and DFS in the next segment. And we close out and give way to college football today. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz here. Find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Happy to hear from each and every one of you over there and throughout the day here on the phone. Back with more after this. Fantasy Sports Today on FNTSY Radio. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Carry on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry no more Sean Angle behind the glass uh, each and every week for us here on Fantasy Sports Today doing a great job on the ones and twos as well. Great music throughout the show. Appreciate that. Uh, don't forget, uh, stay tuned for college football today at the top of the hour. Uh, we will be back with you next Saturday. We're back with you every Saturday. We will start to turn our attention towards uh, maybe a little NHL DFS talk uh, when we get the time. We'll also talk some MLB uh, and, of course, keep talking about the NFL throughout uh, the show till the Super Bowl. And then uh, we'll turn our attention towards baseball and talk uh, some other sports here on Fantasy Sports Day, the Saturday edition. Don't forget, you can find George over on Twitter at George Kurtz, and he is here uh, on FNTSY Radio all the time. And you can find him over at rotoexperts.com as well. So uh, final uh, sort of prop bet run through here. Um, we have some interesting totals to uh, discuss. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, passing yards, over, under of 238.5. Under. Sounds like that sounds like a too high a total for me, although I don't like the Philadelphia defense, but I haven't liked the way Trubisky, de- uh, Trubisky has been playing of late. I'm intrigued. This site I'm on, uh, and again, shop around, find the site you like, and find the numbers you like, but uh, doesn't have a total yardage, uh, a total yardage number for Trubisky, which I thought I might see, like a rush pass total. Um, I, I don't see that option here, which I was uh, intrigued to see what that we'll I would say somewhere. 250. Yeah, 250, I feel like makes sense there from a run, run pass total for Trubisky. Even uh, might take the over on that one. That uh, I would Nick go Foles, over. 252.5 for passing yards. 250? No, under. Uh, Trubisky completions, 21.5. Once again, that if I'm going high. under with 250, yeah, yeah 230, I got to gotta go under there. And Foles, 23. Same thing. Uh, Jordan Howard, and this is where the other side of it comes in, uh, rush attempts, and he's the only one with a rush total, uh, rush attempt total, uh, 15.5. Too high. I was thinking 12. I was thinking 12. This first number that went through my head when you brought that up, so I'm going to go under. All right, quick receptions here. Bears side, uh, Allen Robinson, four receptions. I'll go over. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, 3.5. Man, he's so tough. And then once again, big play guy. It's a good uh, number. It is a good number. <laughs> when you said the first time that went through my head is three, so I got to stick with that under. And Trey Burton, three. 
Oh, Burton is so hard to tell, man. I mean, uh-huh. there may not be a player I'm more disappointed in uh, this year uh, than, than Trey Burton. I'll go over there. Philadelphia hasn't been good. Uh, but, man, that's uh, it's I, that'd be a fight I'll bet. Yep. Well, it, what's interesting here is uh, it's minus 140 for over and plus 100 on the under uh, from the way the numbers shake out on this site. So take that into consideration, too, as you, you figure through where the money is coming in and what, what you're laying uh, to, to get the over on, on a money line uh, idea. Uh, Nelson Aguilar receptions, 3.5. Over. Yeah, I'm, I'm over on that as well. I think this is an Aguilar day. Ertz, uh, six receptions. You know, it's funny. Uh, in some of those leagues that you play, uh, where it's a one and done, you know, once you pick a player, yep. you can't use him yep. anymore. I'm using Ertz. I don't love him today, but I, if Philadelphia loses, I don't want to not use Ertz in the postseason. You know, so I'm going to use Ertz as my tight end today. Uh, six receptions, though, that's a large number. That's a large number. But if Jackson plays in that defense, the outside receivers could have some problems here. I think I'm doing this for wishful thinking because I have been so many leagues. I'll sure. take the over. <laughs> sure. Well, that's the way it works, right? You're, you have to think through the entire process. And if you're using them in one place, why are you using them? And, and what do you think the upside is? Alshon Dre- Jeffrey, 4.5. Under. Yep, me too. Golden Tate, 3. Another player, who the hell knows? Over. All right. Uh, let's go to some uh, receiving yard totals. Uh, Robinson, 52.5. No, I think he's still banged up. I don't know what you're going to get from him. And then we'll use uh, Taylor Gabriel, 40.5. He's the big play guy. I, I, I said I had three as the receptions. I mean, only one has to be a 25-yard, and he should get that total. I'm going to go over there. Oh, I'd find, oh, okay, so I, they do have Trubisky rushing, so I guess they don't have them as one total, but it is actually almost near where, where I was saying, so uh, the total yardage. Uh, let's see, for the Eagles, Aguilar, 40.5 yardage. Over. 65.5 for Zach Ertz, receiving yards. Oh, I think he's getting more than six. I got to go over there. Yep. Uh, and let's do Alshon, 57.5. Under. All right. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, rushing yards, 24.5. Over. Yeah, I'm over two there. So uh, what was the yardage? It was at 238.5, uh, 24.5 here. So we're at 260, about 262 uh, for what the combined yardage would be. So I wasn't far off with the 250. Uh, but I do agree with you that over 250, I don't know if I'm going over 260.5. It's funny how that 10 yards makes a difference, though, isn't it? Yep. I love the over exactly. 250. No, the over 260 sounds a little, a little high there. Uh, rushing yards for Jordan Howard, 64.5. Under. Uh, rushing yards for Wendell Smallwood, 28.5. He's getting a lot of play here. He's done some more damage. or had bigger runs at times than, uh, than Adams has here. I want to go uh, over. All right, and last one is Josh Adams, 45.5. Under. You know who's not mentioned at all uh, in these prop bets? Yep. Yeah, oh, too bad. I would have liked to have seen how many catches he was. Uh... Yep, exactly. Like, and that's so. I we we're talking about going off the radar. That's somebody who I'm going to have in DFS lineups. Um, I, I know this Bears defense is really damn good. I get it, 
Um, but this is a guy who is getting touches, and he's getting touches at a low volume. I get it, uh, but they use him a lot. He got six targets two weeks ago against Houston. He had three targets last week. He had uh, seven rush attempts, nine rush attempts the week before. So he's getting between between 10 and 12, maybe even 14 on the upside uh, touches per game. That's that's big enough for me here at 4,100 on a four-game slate uh, that I'll play a little bit of Darren Sproles to, to see what I can get. Um, probably worthwhile here, George, to, to roll back and go through each position from a DFS perspective. Uh, obviously, we went game by game. Uh, do want to get sort of your thoughts overall in each position. I'll give mine as well. I have not done a lot of lineup construction. Uh, I built one lineup uh, when Kenny was talking uh, before just to see where I could get to. Uh, But uh, I think uh, there's lots of different ways to go. I do think the pricing is fairly soft. It's not completely soft on DraftKings, but uh, you do have uh, some flexibility uh, in some of these price points. But uh, at quarterback, who are you most comfortable with for an upside play at quarterback this weekend? Listen, I think for quarterback, you only have two choices. Either you're going with Luck or you're going with Watson. I'm going with Luck. You know, Luck is thrown for over 800 yards in two games versus Houston this year. I don't think that changes uh, this week. I think he's going to, once again, he's going to have, he's, they're not going to be able to run the ball with all that much success. So I think he's going to have to put the ball in the air and he'll have success there. And I like Watson throwing the ball as well here, but I'm going with Luck. Makes sense to me. I think uh, it's it's Watson or Luck. If you're playing cash games this weekend, bless your soul. Uh, because <laughs> four games late, uh, I don't know that I'm overly comfortable doing that. But uh, I think those are your cash game quarterbacks, the ones you can at least project a, a solid floor for uh, and understand what you're getting. I do think Kenny made a fine point. Trubisky uh, has the potential to have upside here. I think Lamar Jackson has the potential to have upside here. Um, I think that... Russell Wilson has a little bit of potential to have some upside. I don't want Dak. I don't want Phillip Rivers. Um, those are guys I'm sort of taking on the mix. Nick Foles, you've had a great run. I don't see you doing big things here. So those three quarterbacks I take out of the mix. Uh, I will have Luck and Watson on most of my lineups just to try to get the floor at quarterback. At running back, it's this is an intriguing mix of price points, right? So we have Ezekiel Elliott at 9K on DraftKings, Melvin Gordon at 7,700 against the stout defense of Baltimore. Then you have Chris Carson. Marlon Mack is at 6K flat. Tariq Cohen at 5,400. Jordan Howard's at 4,600. And then you get Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon at 4,200 and 4K, uh, respectively. Uh, you have Darren Sproles at 4,100. So lots of different ways to go. Who are some of your favorite running back plays? Yeah, I mean, as an, I get it. As the Elliott nine thousand, a lot of us are going to start him. He's the he's the chalk play. All right, he's going to. You should have a great game here. So you're looking for that secondary back. Maybe you don't want to spend up. I'm not spending seventy seven hundred on Gordon. You know, I, I love Gordon, but it's a terrible matchup. Uh, I'm not big on Carson either. Although sixty eight hundred, I don't think he's uh, terrible. Mac, I don't think he has a good game. Tariq Cohen. I mean, uh, I'm probably going to go one of the Chicago backs. I mean, I may not love Howard, but he is getting the end zone of late, and it's not the greatest uh, Philadelphia run defense there. So I don't mind going with Cohen or Howard, depending on which way you want to go there. Uh, you and I talked about Sproles, 4,100. I think he catches balls out of the uh, backfield here. They don't use Adams in the run game at all, uh, in the pass game at all. Uh, he's not, he doesn't catch the ball at all, so you just worry about Smallwood taking away some catches there. So I don't mind him either here. So I'm, uh, if I need to save money, I'm going with Sproles. If not, I'm probably going to go with uh, Howard and hope he gets it to the end zone. Yep, that makes sense to me. I think Sproles, uh, Zeke, Elliott, clearly the chalk. Um, and then I, I think I might have some Hines here. Uh, I, I might go to somebody off the board, hope he gets uh, enough receiving targets, five, six, and pull, pulls in. 
three or four and maybe scores. Uh, I, I you know hope for the score here from Naeem Hines at 3,500 for the upside uh, as a potential off the radar play that's at lower ownership on this slate, uh, especially if I'm playing Luck. Uh, you know, get Luck and Hines paired up with T.Y. Hilton as well and sort of stack uh, the Colts uh, to hope for a big day from uh, Andrew Luck and, and the receivers. Um, wide receivers, obviously, George at the top. T.Y. And, and DeAndre Hopkins are probably going to be at least 50%, if not higher owned in most tournaments. I, I don't see where they're not. The question becomes, what do you make of guys like Amari Cooper and uh, the Seattle wideouts, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett in that game? And where else do you see upside for a potential, you know, 100 yards slash double digit reception sort of game? Well, I can't see how you can justify going with Cooper and not Hilton, the $300 difference. Hilton yep. is, is torched, torched the Houston secondary. So I, I can't see that. You know, if you, unless you, uh, listen, you, don't, you just don't have $300. Then I, I guess you're fine. You got to do what you got to do. But other than that, I would go with Hilton over Cooper pretty easily there. I'd love to get Hopkins in there too if I can. Just don't know if I can afford it there. So you're looking at lower owned guys here. I'm not going Keenan Allen at 6,900. Just don't like the matchup. I don't see major upside there. Not going Jeffrey at 5,900. No, I'm not touching that. We'll be going Allen Robinson either. I don't just don't trust the injury there, how healthy he might be. Baldwin is the kind of receiver that can give Dallas fits, but I don't know how healthy he is either. I think there's some lying going on there about his health there. But his price is decent. When I can think about him for 6,200 or Lockett 5,300, hoping he hits that big play. I will most likely be stacking Indianapolis, which, which means even if I'm going with Hilton, I'm probably taking one of their secondary wide receivers as well. And right now that man is Inman, assuming uh, he does play today at 4,300. I can't see how I'm not starting him. I do like Aguilar at 3,800 as well. So if I go with those two, then maybe I can put in one of my higher-priced receivers in T.Y. Hilton and still be able to afford everybody. So right now, I have Aguilar, Inman, and Hilton. Yep, I think that makes a ton of sense. Hopkins, uh, obviously, uh, guys, you play him. Like 8700 is expensive, but I think Taylor Gabriel does have some upside here against Philadelphia as well if Trubisky decides to throw it deep. Um, but uh, I like Aguilar a lot. And to troll him, Dontrell uh, Inman is intriguing, uh, if healthy and, and going today. Uh, tight end, I think Ebron uh, is pretty straightforward here. I think Ertz is more than fine at 6400 I don't think that price, points, uh, price point blows him out of the water. I will say this. Blake Jarwin, I expect to be minimally involved in the Dallas Cowboys offense this week. Um, Last week feels like a show-me game to really just get him on the, the, the radar of Seattle in a game that didn't matter, in a game that no one cared about. Uh, and we'll see maybe two or three targets for him to, here today. Do you do you agree, or do you think Jarwin's a legitimate part of this Dallas offense? Oh, I agree. This is a giant suck. All right, that's really what it came down. The Giants have been terrible against tight ends for years. All right, that one play, well, I forget the name of the, uh, was it Riley? The giant safety who, I don't know what he was doing, making a business decision, trying to tackle Jarwin after Jarwin was past him. I yep. mean, that was interesting. I don't want to tackle the big guy. I'm going on vacation tomorrow. Uh, that was just, wow. Uh, so the Giants didn't care. So, uh, no, I don't think Jarwin. That's not to say he can't score tomorrow. It could happen. But he's not all of a sudden a focal point of the Dallas Cowboy passing offense. Pretty pretty amazing uh, to watch. I just don't see Jarwin uh, being a big part at all here this weekend. What do you got uh, at tight end? Who are your favorite players? Oh, it's the obvious ones. They have a Detroit plays. If you if you don't want to start Ertz or Ebron, that's where it gets interesting. I mean, who are you going with? Uh, you know, if Henry is out, 
tomorrow uh, doesn't get doesn't get activated, I'm probably going with Gates for twenty seven hundred. It saves me a lot of cash. He'll get he'll probably get me six points as far as three catches, thirty yards minimum. I'll take that. You know, I think he will be involved here. Uh, if you don't go there though, I mean, where are you going? You know, maybe you do have to go with Jarwin number thirty three hundred and and hope. But I think I'm gonna if I'm not going with the big plays, if Ertz for sixty four, Ebron fifty two hundred. If I need to save cash, I think I'm going. I think I'm going with Gates for twenty seven hundred, assuming Henry's out. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, finally, let's talk some defenses. Who do you trust the most here? Like, what defense are you on that you think has uh, the best floor? The one that you think will have some turnovers, maybe some upside uh, from a point scored perspective. Ravens at home. I like yep. the Ravens at home tomorrow. Uh, I like them a whole lot. I don't think the Chargers will be able to move the ball all that much. They'll score about 17 points, I think, in this game. But they didn't look – the Ravens had the Chargers number in that first game, and that was in Los Angeles. I think it'll be just the same, if not better, in this game. All right, George, we're coming towards the end of our program here on Saturday mornings. Great stuff, as always. Don't forget, college football today is coming up next. You want to stay tuned for that on FNTSY Radio, also available over there on FNTSY, uh, the television network. Uh, What's your final call here on each of these games? Who's winning? Who's moving on? uh, And what matchups are you hoping to see in the next round? All right. Well, first game today, I have Indianapolis over Houston which put Indianapolis versus KC next week, which uh, should be a fun game to watch. Uh, second game, I have the Cowboys, and it's not because I'm a Cowboy fan. I, I legitimately think the Cowboys oh, are a better Oh, it's because you're here. a Cowboy fan. Come on. Oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm a real homer. <laughs> I, only, I only have nice things to say about Dallas. Uh, I just think they're, better. I think they're the better team uh, overall here. But that being said, I worry about Dak making the mistake and Jim and Jim Garrett. Yep. That's his father. Jason Garrett scares the uh, the crap out of me. But I'll go with Dallas over Seattle. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I already said, I think I got the Ravens over the Chargers. I feel bad for the Chargers. I think it's a shame. 12-4. and four, Yeah, I go to Baltimore. Uh, good luck to you. Uh, I think that's, uh, hey, don't lose to Denver. That's really what it comes down to. Don't lose that game with Denver, and you wouldn't be going to Baltimore. Right. But you did, so that's uh, life. You made your own bed there. I got the Chargers winning there. Uh, I mean, this Philadelphia Bear. Wait, I mean, this you, is why you, have the, you have the Ravens winning there, right? Yes. Okay, and, uh, you said the Chargers, Philadelphia so Chicago sure. game. Uh, Philadelphia Chicago game. This is why. This is why I'm taking the Philadelphia plus the seven. That's so my guy gets the seven. Hell, I'll take them six and a half too. I think they can win this game outright. I truly do. Uh, screw it, Philadelphia. Oh, there it is. I like it. I like. It. So we have uh, two home teams. And uh, two road uh, road teams here, and a road dog for Colts is what minus two. So, oh no, they're yeah, no, they're minus uh, one in favor of the Texans. So, a dog almost a pick them there uh, for that one. I like it. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Colts, Cowboys, Ravens, Bears. Uh, I think the Bears win this one. I do think I'm taking the points there though. So, uh, thanks so much for listening. As always, thanks to Sean Angle behind the glass uh, for producing our radio program here. We'll be back with you next Saturday and every Saturday moving forward for Fantasy Sports Today. Stay tuned for college football today. Find George on Twitter at George Kurtz. Find me at Dan Traven, of course, at FNTSY Radio. Again, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're the one.